Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Welcome one, welcome all. All are welcome in this virtual space and the physical space of Park Avenue Baptist Church. We celebrate multiple identities, multiple ways of being, ways of loving. And we invite you to share the link for worship, participate in the chat. This is our Good Friday service. It's a time for grieving, for sitting with bereavement. And we ask that during this service, if you feel compelled, use use some dim lighting. Use maybe a candle if you have one. In the end, we will blow out these candles together, which is a tradition in many, in many different um, Christian traditions. So let's move into worship at this time. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Call to worship. Slowly, we come to worship on this holy Friday. Reluctantly, we hear the story of Jesus' suffering Bleakly, we follow Jesus to the cross. Humbly, we acknowledge our part in his passion. Deeply, we yearn to understand the depth of the sacrifice. 
solemnly, we gather this day to pray and worship together, giving thanks for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I think like everyone right now with the crisis that we're in with the pandemic, I'm grieving um, a lot of things. Uh, definitely grieving time with my various communities, um, gathering with my various communities, whether you know my friends, uh, my run group, uh, my church family, obviously, um, going out to movies together and dining out, um, that social interaction, that in-person social interaction, definitely missing that. This season with COVID-19, I think the biggest thing that um, I'm grieving is the loss of serving others um, during this time in a, in a more direct way. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I can be a light um, to others during this time um, while not being able to hug them or love them physically um, or see them or encourage them in person. I'm grieving a gospel that connected me to my family and my friends. I'm grieving a version of God, I'm grieving the version of Jesus, I'm grieving a version of the Holy Spirit, I'm grieving, I'm grieving a version of myself um, and of people that I've been in relationship with for, for years and years and years, I'm grieving. Interacting in person with my church family, um, and particularly at Park Ave because we are, um, we strive to welcome and embrace everyone uh, and oftentimes that includes people who have been hurt by the church and they've found their way to our family where they feel welcome just as they are and so I grieve that physical space to embrace people who have been hurt. I think I'm grieving an old um an old sense of who I am and what this world is. I think we're entering into a new era, um, truly, because I think we're all gonna realize how much we have taken things for granted. And I'm grieving a relationship with the Lord. I, I was taught to think, like I'm sure a lot of people have a similar story. I was taught to think that being gay and loving God were mutually exclusive. Like you could have one or you could have the other. You could either love God as long as you weren't gay or if you were gay, then you were in sin. And so, sorry about it. You know, God doesn't love you. And so I've been, I've been, I've been grieving my relationship with the Lord. And now a poem, do not hurry as we walk with grief. 
Do not hurry as you walk with grief. It does not help the journey. Walk slowly, pausing often. Do not hurry as you walk with grief. Be not disturbed by memories that come unbidden. Swiftly forgive and let Christ speak for you unspoken words. Unfinished conversations will be resolved in him. Be not disturbed. Be gentle with the one who walks with grief. If it is you, be gentle with yourself. Swiftly forgive. Walk slowly, pausing often. Take time. Be gentle as you walk with grief. Now we'll have a scripture reading by Nicole, Isaiah 52. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up and shall be very high. Just as there were many who were astonished at him, so marred was his appearance beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of mortals. So he shall startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which had not been told, them they shall see. And that which they had not heard, they shall contemplate. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. They had no form or majesty that we should look at them, nothing in their appearance that we should desire them. They were despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity, and as one from whom others hide their faces. They were despised and we held them of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken struck down by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, Yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth by a perversion of justice he was taken away. Who could have imagined this future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich. Although he had done no violence and there is no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. When you make his life an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring and shall prolong his days. Through him the will of the Lord shall prosper. Out of his anguish he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out to himself to death, and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. 
the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's move into our second movement in this service, the narrative of the sacrifice. We will hear scripture from Jarrett Heatherly. And this is going to be a long scripture, so let's really listen for what, what stands out to us in this moment. Good Friday. Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Jesus, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you're looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of you. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since the disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside the gate. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He said, I'm not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I've spoken openly to the world. I've always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, you're not also one of his disciples, are you? 
he denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment, the cock crowed. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning, and they themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to him. So Pilate went out to them and said, "What accusation did you bring against this man?" They answered. If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill, fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from the world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is the truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you to, at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a bandit. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him saying, hail, king of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, here's the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. 
When Pilate heard those words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed over to them, then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus. And carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate had also an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but this man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says, they divide my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, Standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture. I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of wine on the branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was a day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you may believe his testimony is true and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, they will look on the one whom they've pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, threw a secret one, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with 
the spices and linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so because it was a Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Pastor Henry and I, and as is the custom at Park Avenue, often do choreo sermons. And with this new medium, we thought we'd try a video. And this video was, was compiled by Justin Anderson. And so thank you so much. If we're able to do it, that would be lovely. So, so this, this is, is Good, Good Friday. Friday. With the amount of grief and pain that I'm feeling, it has my mind reeling on how he must have felt. I'm supposed to be in reflection and fasting while Christ is in pain and seeing it seems everlasting. Yeah, the pain hits me to the core when I think about the sacrifice. And then it makes me ask the question, what have I sacrificed? What have I given up? So, so this, this is, is Good, Good Friday. Friday. A deep well of grief swells up inside of me, sitting heavy on my head, inside my heart, on my already dense chest, settling in my bones. I can't get relief. Grief makes my eyelids flutter, yearning to shut grief. The only relief comes when they close these heavy lids, though sleep doesn't arrive. Yeah, grief hurts, but grief does make you think. And it can sometimes paint the objects in the picture that have been missing. And makes me ask the question, what have I been missing? Have I opened my heart up to listen? How God opened God's heart and gave all that God had to save and to love someone like me? Am I even worth his life? Christ? Was the price right or was it too much to pay? So, so this, this is, is Good, Good Friday. Friday. Walking slowly with grief feels like sleepwalking. Walking with weights on my body, dehydrated cotton mouth, need of water pulling covers overhead, tossing and turning, never quite quieting the mind, ever racing, yet heavy-lidded. Is this what the disciples felt at Gethsemane? The simple request was keep vigil, stay awake, stay with me, wait for me, wait on me. But here I am, half asleep. I pray on this Good Friday that I recognize the pain and learn from it, grow from it, know from it that the sacrifice has been made, that the day Christ laid his life down so that you and I may have a crown placed upon our heads so that our sins may be forgiven so that no one will perish but have everlasting life.
show you right. So, so this, this is, is Good, Good Friday. Friday. Jesus, pray for me. Pray for us, Jesus. I can't even take the time to tarry, Jesus. So, so this, this is, is Good, Good Friday. Friday. Jesus is dead. So this, so this is, is Good, Good Friday. Friday. My hope wanes and flutters while inside, alone in my head. I long for connection. I want to sleep it away. But suddenly, like a wave, I am washed with memory. The memory of what it felt like to be in the presence of Jesus. Show you right. Because this is Good Friday. Friday. The beginning of the beginning. The beginning of a new relationship. Though it starts with grief, it will end in victory. And victory will surround us with what Christ has offered. Grace, mercy, peace, love, salvation, the spiritual high of dedication. My heart skips a beat like the comfort of a mother, like the presence of a parent, the security of those who love us most, healthy homeostasis, like being loved, fully accepted, warm, solid, thick, held, loved, balanced, whole, whole. That's what Jesus gave us. Fierce love. That's what Jesus gave us. Fierce love like a parent who conquers anxiety to be present. The compassion of a saint laying down their life for vocation like doctors bankers, mail workers, and attendants showing up daily. So, so this, this is, is Good Friday. Friday. With the amount of grief and pain that I'm feeling, it was my mind reeling and how he must have felt. I'm supposed to be in reflection and fasting while Christ is in pain that seems everlasting. Yeah? The pain hits me to the core when I think about the sacrifice. And then it makes me ask the question, what have I sacrificed? What have I given up? This is my prayer. This is my prayer. I don't want to forget the grief, grief that pushes me toward care. To care more, to dig deeper, to connect with my neighbor to have compassion and love and to touch, even hug a stranger. Good Friday is the start and I pray I don't forget this dark middle. I pray I don't forget this dark middle so that I am ever grateful for my life, ever grateful for my life. The path Jesus began for me, Jesus, my all, my every so this is good friday so this is good friday jesus pray for me jesus i can't even tarry so, so this, this is, is good, good friday. friday um at this time we will move into our movement three sitting in discomfort this time we will have a reading by deacon chenault psalms 22 and after that, we will have a tolling of the bells um, 33 times, and we will ask for everyone to stay on the call until that ending. 
And if you have a candle in your presence at that time, we'll blow it out. And then we can leave um, this Good Friday service. Psalms 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my ruin? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and I not silent, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despiseth of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot up out the lip. They shake the head saying, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. That thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. There are my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan beset me round. They gaped, they gaped me upon with their mouths as a raving and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a pot sheared and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, and the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren, in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise God, all ye the seed of Jacob, glorify God and fear God all ye the seed of Israel. For God have not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither have God hid his face from him. When he cried unto God, he heard him. My praise shall be of thee in great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear God. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. 
for the kingdom of the Lord's and the God is the governor among the nations. All that all they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before God, and none can keep alive their own soul, his own soul. A seed shall serve God. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare God's righteousness to a people that shall be born, that he have done this. Blessed be the God, the wording of this, the word of God by the people of God. Amen. for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively.